Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear, the host of Refuge Freedom Stories. Today, I'm here with Raymond Mola. Raymond uh, is a young man from Mississauga, Ontario, attended Trias College, and now works for Prison Fellowship Canada. He's a hip-hop artist with two albums, 23 singles, and very inspiring music. Hi, Ray. How are you today? Doing well, sir. How are you? Fantastic. I understand you have quite a story to tell us. Yeah, God's fingerprints on my life, but it's uh, his story through me. Tell us about your experience with God. You mentioned something about uh, an encounter that changed your life forever. Yeah, eight years ago, on November 1st, it was actually Halloween night the night before, where I had just really gotten to this low place in my life. I had been there in that place various times before, but there was a few things that I had garnered from over the years and, and interactions with other Christians and stuff that kind of led me this time to maybe go and connect with the church, maybe go uh, seek out if there was something in this Christian belief about God that I was missing. And I decided to attend the church on Halloween night, 2012. It was shortly after that. It did Nothing really happened at the church, but it was from the moment that I left at around midnight of November 1st, where it was like a light switch just went off, like something just began happening where I was beginning to experience and hear the voice of the Lord. And it was starting first through just things that were out outside. I was actually out with a, a couple of friends. We were celebrating a, a sort of memorial for a friend who had passed away. His birthday was on November 1st. And in this music, that I had prepared for the night as I was listening to it it was like the words were resounding in a way that they were speaking directly to me and to my circumstances they were calling me out in, in, in kind of a way that was very direct about things that I was particularly ashamed of and struggling with throughout my life and some of the lyrics of the songs talked about the broken relationship I had with my parents other songs talked about the broken relationship I had with female counterparts throughout the years and relationships that I had lost and just things that I was you know regretting and, and stuff like that and it was all highlighting it all in one moment like song mm -hmm. after song it was just like calling my card it was something I could definitely say that it was the beginning of something completely different than just a normal night of listening to music it rattled me so much that I just wanted to get away from my friends and I wanted to get home and I, I dropped off one of my friends and I was on my way now by myself in the car and I turned off the music because I just couldn't bear to hear any more of it calling out you know all these things I was deeply struggling with and all of a sudden a cop pulled up behind me at a Mississauga intersection and as I sat there looking in the rear view it began to occur to me because I've been living so rebelliously for so long that a lot of the decisions I made they became like a natural part of you know like my daily routine mm. I was driving without a license I was driving without insurance I had gotten my license suspended for drinking and driving earlier that year and for not having an insurance slip also and there was you know marijuana in the car this is before marijuana was legal in, in Ontario and all these different situations that all of a sudden when I saw that cop the weight of the situation sank in in this whole new way where I realized I was like five years removed since I had come out from prison and I was about to put myself right back in the same predicament all over again. My goodness. And I, I was just ashamed. I was like, I was terrified. I was very fearful, you know, like I didn't want to go back to that. And in the midst of that, in the silence of that car, 
I heard as clear as day the voice of the Lord speak to me now, not through the music, not through anything, just this resounding voice in my mind. I, I can't explain it, but he said to me, they can come as close as they want to you, but unless I give the word, they cannot touch you. And those words and just that idea completely baffled me because nothing that I had been taught in my Islamic upbringing about God would ever lead me to believe that a person who was in this situation, who made these bad choices in their life to do the things I had done and was guilty of in this moment, that there was a God out there that would actually be fighting that wow. the authorities who would have every justifiable reason to get a guy like me off of the road. Mm -hmm. This voice is telling me that he's going to protect me. It's giving me a sense that he can hold back the authorities from, from getting me, that he has that control and sovereignty over them. And I didn't want to believe that. That was, <laughs> that was such a, like, <laughs> nothing inside my experience had I uh, honed in on and, and ever thought of that way, that there was God out there who would be like that. And so I didn't believe, and the light turned green, and I pulled off from the intersection, and right in the middle of the intersection, the cop behind me just turned the adjacent way, and he started going down the street. It's about 2 a.m. in the morning, so the street is desolate. Like, there was nothing there that he was turning going <laughs> after, as far as I knew, so... Mm. I, I looked in the rearview mirror, I saw it happen, and I started kind of having this conversation with myself or with this voice that I was hearing. Did that really happen? Am I going nuts? You know, like, am I a little too yeah. high? You know, all kinds of questions that will come to mind in a, yep. in a situation like well, that. Well, and instantly you say you start diminishing the, the moment and saying, well, well, yeah, this wasn't anything. That guy could have just turned like that. You know, you, you take away in that moment what you're experiencing because of your unbelief, you know, but you didn't do that. Actually, I was doing that quite a bit. Oh. I got two lights down the street and a different cop from a different store that they have on the corner there mm -hmm. pulled out of that parking lot and came and sat right behind me again. And I immediately began to almost like repent in a way because I was like, this is because I didn't believe the first time it was you, wasn't it? You know, like, this is totally my fault. You said another one. So I'm thinking to myself, there's no way you get off twice in one night. I couldn't even understand. I was so perplexed by the first time getting off that I, I, I couldn't believe that this could happen twice and surely I pulled out from the, the lights and all of a sudden I look in my rearview mirror and I see the sirens and the lights going off this guy's pulling me over and something came out of me that I did not expect I kind of sank in my seat and I just let go of this angry like retort towards God where I was just like this is just <laughs> like you because I was so accustomed to you know knowing that I'm standing on the wrong side of the law and getting beaten down for it and blaming my own rebellion and the outcomes that that, it, that created in my life on God. Wow. And so I, this is the first time I think that I've ever verbalized it in such a, you know, like I spoke it out and said it in such a way that I was directing it directly towards God, this voice, whatever I was thinking I was hearing that night. And mm -hmm. in the midst of saying that, the cop actually wasn't even pulling me over. He drove around me and continued <laughs> to drive off. <laughs> oh, yes. So you can imagine, like, just in the moment, like, it, it, it's so hard to communicate this sometimes in words but I was like going through such a wide variety of emotions from fear to anger to now you know f like feeling like I completely dropped the ball again and uh, that's twice I didn't believe God and twice he looked out for me and man I'm so ashamed all over again and <laughs> so I was just so exhausted it was 2am in the morning I, I, I retorted back to this voice and said I don't know what in the world you're doing I don't know what I'm hearing maybe I'm, I, I finally smoked my brains up 
I don't know. <laughs> but I just want to get home. Please, can I just get home safely and we'll deal with this tomorrow? Yes. I don't know. You yeah. know like, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow, honestly, I've tried to recall from that moment how I got home and I can't. Like, like that whole time is just missing. But the next memory I have is me waking up in my bed five minutes before my alarm clock went off. I looked at the clock immediately as my eyes opened and I was just thinking about whatever, everything that happened that night. I was like, did I really hear a voice? Was the music really saying those things that I thought it was saying? <laughs> I, I have it in my car. I gotta go listen to it again. <laughs> Should I even get in my car? Because that was twice that, you know, like it was a very close call, but God kind of protected me, didn't he? Maybe he'll continue to do that. I don't know. I was trying to, <laughs> 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 this is like the real struggle of trying to work out these things and trying to interpret what you believe God is saying to you about these things in the mm. moment. No, this like was I, the first time you've heard anything like this. Like, this wasn't a regular occurrence for you. This exactly. was a new experience <laughs> altogether, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wow. that, that, even that element of it, you know, wrestling with whether or not I'm going insane, like, yeah. not to make light of it when I speak of it that way. I have a brother who was diagnosed with schizophrenia uh, mm-hmm. uh, when he was 19, and the thought crossed my mind, like, have yes. I caught the same line is, is this hereditary I, I was thinking all types of things like that mm. it was just so uncommon to what I had ever heard anybody talk about you know hearing from God this way and now I I became one of those those people who do talk that way and sound like lunatics <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them too brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, so awesome. I was questioning my mental health like very seriously and mm. I remember the alarm clock finally went off and I'm deep in thought about this stuff and, and it was so crazy because there was a narrative that the radio host was giving on the radio show that I woke up to that sounded like there was a metaphor in there for something for me to take away. The story was about a caller who had called in the night before it was Halloween and there was a Halloween party mm-hmm. and when they went to the party at some point in the night it was a lady who called in she ran up to a man dressed in a Batman outfit and kissed him on the mouth only to find out that because she thought it was her husband who was also dressed up as Batman <laughs> But that it wasn't him. Okay. And I remember as I listened to this story, the very first word, like I just heard this word clearly, like it's my takeaway from that story was the word counterfeit. As soon as I I heard that story, I'm like, there was someone that looked like it played the part of, she thought it was, but it actually wasn't. And so she was, you know, I don't know why she was calling in and telling people this, but she had to go. She she wanted to go tell her husband the truth and she knew it was going to be, she's probably going to take it tough. But, but, uh, <laughs> oh she, my goodness. She, just, she felt a sense of having to come clean. And that was my second takeaway. Ah. That, it was, that she needed to go and, and be honest about it. Mm-hmm. I remember as I listened to that story and, and the way that the radio show host left her, like she was almost remorseless. You know, like mm-hmm. she had this novelty button that she hit and it said, Get up. Today you've got some explaining to do. <laughs> and when I, when I heard those words, because of my two takeaways, I jumped out of bed just feeling like, oh no, it hasn't stopped. It's still going on. These words are absolutely for me. Yes. And I jumped out of bed. And when I did, this is where my real encounter with God began for me. Mm, yeah. uh, the voices and stuff were things that I was questioning. I was you know, not quite sure. But when I jumped out of bed that morning, there was something, a presence that was in my basement that was so 
so real. And he was standing. I knew it was a person. I knew that the person was present. I could not see anything, but it was, he was there. And he was about, I'd say about 10 feet away from me. And the scary, terrifying thing was he was taking steps towards me. And as he got closer, it was like in the moment that I realized that the voice I was hearing, that the power that he was exerting over the authorities, his sovereignty that he was demonstrating, his ability to use and even know his foreknowledge of knowing what radio show was could I be listening to, what story he would use and all the ways he would speak to me, something was just so exalted in my mind that if this person is God, then he knows everything. Mm. There's nothing that I've done that he doesn't know. Not even just the things I've been caught for, the things nobody has ever known, the, the secret things that only he could see. If he, he is in this much control, he's seen even that. And that thought terrified me. Mm. I dropped to the floor, bawling my eyes out, cut in such a deep way to be so openly exposed and, and, and so fully known and only imagining that only like something horrible was about to happen if this is true. If he could know me this well, this couldn't end well for me. Did he come to exact justice or vengeance? I don't know because the God I've been taught about is a God that throws you into you know hell for not living up to his law and, and the demand for that. Like Because uh, I come from a Muslim background and this constant performance base, which I had completely neglected since, you know, like a, a, in my youth. Mm-hmm. So all these years and believing, looking at this experience through that paradigm and believing that's who I'm interacting with, I just could not comprehend it. I dropped down to the floor and I just cried. And it was really a plea for mercy. And as I was there, there was something just gentle about the presence. It, I felt like the presence was just surrounding me. I, I, I was terrified to even look up because I feared that if I actually saw him, if I actually, if I looked up and there was something there to see and, and I could completely remove 100% doubt that this was not happening, I don't know what I'd do with that. So I just continued to bow my head and just, I was weeping. I didn't know what to do. And it was actually the radio a host who cued me at some point when she said get up today we're going to teach you how to walk and i just felt like those words were for me too and i got up very slowly and very cautiously and very terrified still and i turned on the light and i was looking around and i'm still weeping from this very deep place because i'm still dealing with the exposure and how i'm processing all of this it was such an emotional morning for me i remember not wanting to neglect the words that i just heard that something about teaching me how to walk and i guess that means i got to get ready there's somewhere i'm going or mm-hmm. i'm not quite sure and i begin my day i remember i never forget looking at myself that morning when i was brushing my teeth in the mirror and just looking at my expression seeing my my distress and thinking I've completely lost it. Like, I, I, I don't even know how to interpret. I don't know where to get words to, to articulate what it is I'm experiencing right now. And nevertheless, I continue to follow through. I begin my day. And my next instruction would come when I leave the house because we had all these series of pathways that lead you out uh, from the townhouses to a general parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of came to a literal crossroads where there was a T in the road. I could make a left and go towards the parking lot, which I paused for a moment and just thought would this voice with this person with this god want me to take my car or should i go to the right and take the bus which i uh, i was aware of how to do that because when i first lost my license and the car was impounded i was forced to do that to get to work so i, I was just kind of considering like god if this is you 
do you even care if I take my car? And I was going to take a step in the wrong direction. I was about to go towards my car. And as I slowly, cautiously moved towards that way, before my feet even hit the pavement in my first step, I guess a cop must have been going by the main road, which is very close by to where I was standing while making this decision. And he turned on his siren and I heard the whoop whoop. And I was just like, okay, God, I know what you're saying. You want me to go the opposite way? <laughs> so <laughs> I made a beeline for the bus stop. And even as I was going towards the bus stop, just the fact that I was making choices in this weird way that I had never done before. I'm hearing voices and sounds and mm -hmm. interpreting it how I think that I, I feel like speaking to me. And I, I, I remember just kind of pleading with him. I pulled out my wallet. I looked in. I had one bus ticket. I got my cards now so I don't carry cash. And I, I was like, look. And I'm walking down a busy intersection now holding up a bus <laughs> ticket that I found inside my wallet up in the air and speaking to the sky saying, look, I only have one bus ticket. I have to take my car. How <laughs> like this experience was so real to me that I didn't even care about the, the opinions of others, how they would view me that morning or any of that stuff. Like this was very real to me. Man, and yeah. as I continue to walk and I'm, I'm trying to give this excuse to take my car, now I hear him even in the midst of the noise of that intersection, even in the midst of, you know, of me trying to still kind of rebel in a sense against what, what he's saying and how he's leading. He speaks to me and he says, walk by faith, not by sight. And when I hear those words, mm -hmm. I remember where I heard those words. My cousin used to repeat them to me when I visited their church. They were words from the Bible. And so I'm like, this is definitely the God of the Bible. I need to know what else he said. And so I started downloading a Bible app on my phone. Yes. And I remember, oh, oh, that was one of the other things that confused me. I left out when I when I bowed down that morning and I was broken and crying and just cut to the core and felt exposed. I was saying, sorry, Jesus. And I have no idea why I was saying that. <laughs> I found myself saying, sorry, Jesus. I, I noted that in the back of my mind, but mm. I didn't know why I was saying it. So now when I was being led to the Bible, it was an affirmation of something that I found myself saying. I was like, maybe this is why I was saying that, you know, like, I, I got to find out what else this Jesus said, what else is there in this Bible that I need to know? And one of the, the first things I downloaded by mistake, because, you know, downloading a Bible wasn't part of my regular practice, I, I ended up downloading a Bible quotes uh, app. And the first app uh, quote that showed up on, the, on that app was actually from Hebrews, where it talks about the word of, of the Lord is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, cutting to the division of bone and marrow, soul and spirit, and that how nothing in all creation is hidden before him to whom we would have to give an account. And as I'm reading these words, I'm just terrified. <laughs> this is the God. This is who it is. Like he's, like it's Tremendous, so yes. And he knows me so fully. I'm like, I gotta read it. I gotta, I gotta get my hands on a Bible and I finally got the right app and I started reading. I spent that whole day at work, even beyond my shift, my eight-hour shift, reading and studying the Bible. And just as emotionally of a mess that I was in my private home and yes. when I was experiencing it, I was now that mess in public. I was sitting at my desk and my desk isn't very covered. It's like a workstation where there's others kind of working in the vicinity. They can walk right by and, and I'm at my desk reading through scripture and reading about Jesus and beginning to read through the Gospels and read about His grace and all these different things and how He interacts with people and how those interactions are so relevant to how I experienced Him and all these things. And I'm mm -hmm. crying and I'm, I'm laughing and I'm, you know, all kinds of things. Like I had such a wide barrage of emotions, but they were very raw expressions of emotions. Yes. Nothing was with, withheld. It was like, 
I just didn't care. And I remember I, it was about two hours after uh, the workday, and it, it's an office work workplace, so everybody had gone home. I was sitting there, and it finally occurred to me, I, you know, I got I to gotta get out of here. <laughs> and then the first question that finally, you know, crossed my mind as soon as I got up from my desk was, hey, how, how am I getting home? Remember, I only had that one bus ticket that I, I took to get here. And I, I worked in the back of the airport where it's kind of like one bus drives in to drop you off and then comes back to get you later. But there's no stores around for at least a, a few kilometers and yes. stuff like that. So I'm just thinking, like, you said walk by faith. What was that all about? And as I was going to the lunchroom to go grab my, my lunch balls, I saw the head of someone sitting at one of the cubicles still with the screen on. And I walked over because it's two hours past the shift. I was like, who, who is this? And it was this girl. It was her first day. And she was actually, when I introduced myself, she said she was staying late because uh, she wanted to learn our, our systems better and just familiarize herself. But when I when I caught her, I kind of interrupted that and she realized how late it was as well. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got to go. She's like, I'm about to leave. Do you need a ride home? And in that, in that midst, I saw God's faithfulness to what he was saying to me earlier, but just not in the ways that I was perceiving or, or thinking that he could do this, that he yes. would be able to use people. And I don't know if that girl was a Christian or not a Christian or any of those variables. I just know that God used her in that moment to fulfill his promise, what he was saying to me in the morning that he could do. Yeah, it's kind of irrelevant, like God uses anybody and anything at his will, you know, yeah. uh, whether yeah. they're saved, whether they're not. And many times they're not, you know, many times God uses anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so this continued on. I, I finally got home and I was continuing to read the scriptures now at home. I learned about a commentary because of one of the apps that I was using. It had this button for further reading and it began expounding a little bit more and teaching you a little bit more in depthly about what's actually happening in the context and in the culture and stuff like that. And I was finding this very fruitful because it was helping me so much to paint pictures, which I need in my mind to be able to really comprehend things. And I was getting it and I just wanted more of it. I found this hunger for it because of the, the emotions of the day, because of the way I set myself to study that day, the experiences and all that stuff. When I came to bedtime, I was just so exhausted, so drained. I, I got down and I, I prayed in a way that I've never been taught to pray in Islam. It was a very real prayer. It wasn't something that was pre-written or I was reciting. It was just me sharing my heart with God. And I said to him, you know, thank you so much for today. I didn't realize how much inside my heart I needed something like this. Like to, to mm -hmm. that This is a longing I had since I was a child to know if God could be experienced, that he didn't just create us and leave us here to figure life out by ourselves. And that's what this day was answering something so profoundly deep that I'd been carrying with me for so long that I, all I could do was express gratitude and was so thankful for it. The thing I was not getting yet was I thought this was a one-time encounter. Like I didn't hear, even if somebody did say they had some experience with God or some supernatural experience, it was like this one-off thing. So I'm kind of thinking maybe that's what this is. He showed up. Now that I know this is real, I better get my myself in order. And now it's still up to me. And so I didn't think he was going to be there after today. I thought I was going to go sleep and it would never happen again and so i was just thanking him profusely extending all this gratitude like thank you crying my heart out just thanking him for coming and even for having this and for being so merciful to me in the way that he, he was when i know what i deserve and i finally i guess i cried myself to sleep <laughs> I, I, I went to sleep tonight i woke up again the next morning and this was a new thing that was happening where i, I was waking up before my alarm clock five minutes before i had my eyes open and i'm laying there in bed and i'm just thinking about 
about the day before. I'm thinking about new questions now. Like if I ever share this with someone, they're going to think I'm an absolute nut job. How do I share this with people? And especially because of the social circle I kept at that season in my life, like I could only imagine their ridicule and their laugh and how, you know, like all this stuff. So I was like, who could I tell if I did tell someone? And I was thinking through all that stuff because I really didn't think that this was something that was ever going to happen again. And the alarm clock radio goes off and the very first words out of the announcer's mouth was, you think yesterday was something? Wait till you see what we have for you today. (laughs) I know those words are for me. Isn't that something ironic? And I just jumped out of bed with just such excitement, like a newfound hope to to live life with knowing that this God is going to be present inside whatever I do today, that he hasn't abandoned me, that he hasn't left, which is what I was thinking would happen. And I started on that day. And this day was just as filled as the first day, if not more. And I'm going to save you guys all the details of all the things that happened because this actually carried on for 10 days where I would have these remarkable days of experiencing God's presence, his love, and reading the scriptures and learning about him and it challenging me and working through things. But it took me about 10 days still believing every single night when I went to sleep and praying and offering almost that same type of prayer where I was like, thank you for another day. I know this won't last forever i'm just so grateful that you would even come and spend this time with me and let me know that you are real that you love me and you care in this way and on the 10th day i woke up five minutes before my alarm clock again and i'd been waiting every single morning just anticipating and hoping that he would still be there and every day for the nine days he did continue to give me some word of affirmation that helped me to know that he, he was not leaving and he was not going anywhere so on the 10th day when i woke up five minutes before my alarm clock again i actually jumped out of bed this time and I went and I shut off the alarm radio before it could turn on and I was finally receiving the fact that I knew that he was not going to leave and I bowed down that morning instead and I just said if there's a God who could know me as fully as you do and could love the mess I am the person I am and just love me the way that you have expressed I'll give my whole life to serve you and I just committed myself in that moment I didn't continue to receive through the radio at least in that same way uh, in the days going forward God continued to speak to me, but in different ways. And as I've matured in that, he's changed the ways that he uses to reach me. But it's been eight years as of last year, November 1st. This year is going to be nine, and it hasn't stopped. That's beautiful. I, for the first time, I think this is when on that 10th day as a, in my Bible study, I was beginning to really grasp the gospel and see that the reason why this was possible was because of what Jesus Christ had done for us on the cross. And that really helped to solidify my faith in Christ and, and in him being the way, because without him, I couldn't comprehend all my life how something like this could be possible. I knew what I was guilty of. I wanted to share this hope now with everybody I met. That's awesome, man. You, you're now sharing it today with potentially over a million listeners and through your music and your hip-hop you're putting the word out there about god about the gospel about your experiences and that love that unconditional love that loves us right where we are eh yeah, absolutely. Like, I write devotionals. I know not everybody's going to read that. And I make music, but not everybody's going to listen to that. But I do like to uh, try to express through different mediums a way to reach people with this this message of what God has done. Is there a message that you would leave today? Uh, when I look on my past, there's so much inside there that I should be ashamed of. But what I found is that God was able to take even the things that I was 
most ashamed of. And now working with Prison Fellowship and being able to use the experiences of incarceration and the difficult roads that I've traveled in a redemptive way to now bless other people through those experiences and not only understanding what they've been through, being able to be a testimony of God's grace and that, you know, there is a hope on the other side of this. God can change a life this profoundly. He can make a whole new creation out of even the worst of messes. I'm thankful, even though it was a difficult road that I set myself upon, but I'm thankful. It's given me a greater confidence in God to know that there's no mess that he can't make into a testimony. There's no, there's nothing we've done that is ever so far beyond his reach that he can't turn it around and use it for good. And so I, I encourage those who are listening to be challenged to trust him in that way and to commit your ways to him and see what he'll do through your life as well. That's beautiful. And your heart is beautiful, brother. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for Thank being you. with us today. Do you have a website or anything that people could look up? Uh, I don't have a website, but uh, my musical is, is available on Spotify, just under the name Raymond Mola, M-O-W-L-A for the last name. Fantastic. I'm thinking back nowadays on the struggle in the way I would huddle it away Never thought that you cared in a bubble I was wayward and fuddled in my thoughts In the mud of all this weight and depravity I played I was tougher, never strayed from the custom In a way I was stubborn, locked away Though you sent me your angels to buffet All my ways were unlovable, deranged Too rebellious to pray Cause I felt far away and untouchable But wait, what's this other thing I see Walking closer to me It's beyond what my brain has uncovered Now my shame's being smothered as the Chains start to tumble by the weight Just a taste of your grace is triumphal Let it stay, crashing over like the waves It's incredible, the strays let them stray Till they reach the inevitable, but yeah Now I pray for a day with a better view And hearts who are scarred by the war Get a hold of you I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada For hosting the show So until next Friday May God richly bless you with peace Love and happiness We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.